Would you say that employee experience directly correlates with customer experience? I would say overall, yes, it is something that the the whole point, especially for employee experience existing, is that it's there to serve a better customer experience. So the, the premise is that if you're a happy employee, like like you know the famous quote from you know, Richard Branson um, regarding to, regarding Virgin Atlantic in particular, is that you know, if you're a happy employee or you look after the employees first, the customers are second. And happy employees will deliver you know, better experiences. In today's episode, I am talking to Salmon Sharif, a senior CX advisor who was also voted one of the top 25 CX influencers. And it's all about employee experience and how delivering great EX can help you become CX mature. Enjoy the episode today without Adam or Greg. Just me, Valentina, and let us know what you think on social media. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another CX Insider podcast episode. Today, I am joined by Salman Sharif, who works as a senior CX advisor for uh, Forrester, a large research and advisory company. Hello, Salman, and thank you for coming on our podcast. Hi there, Valentina, and no worries at all. Thanks for having me. Yeah, how are you today? I'm doing quite well. It's a, it's a Friday, looking forward to the weekend. Uh, it should be Interesting weather-wise, that's for sure, in, in London at least. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, hopefully it'll be good. Yeah, yeah. So, Salmon, could you tell me a bit about yourself and how did you actually get to the CX sphere? Did you always work in the customer experience or how did you get involved? Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting question. I think that you know, the CX is an interesting space where so many different people have come from so many different walks of life and that's what makes it so so interesting overall. Mine's probably not as as varied as many others. Um, I, I, I initially, when when I first started uh, working after my, my education, I, I actually started a small strategic marketing consultancy, um, and initially we were kind of working on a number of different kind of strategic marketing projects and and innovation related projects, um, which were you know, incredibly fun and, and interesting, especially you know, from you know, coming out of university. Um, and then eventually, what happened was. We ended up running a number of different customer strategy uh, related projects. And that was something that to me was really interesting, really fascinating. And, and having worked on the front line in terms of customer service you know, whilst I was working part time and always kind of thinking about how organizations treat customers, how they do, you know, develop experiences. This was always really fascinating to me. And it was, it was very interesting just to see that a whole industry essentially had kind of popped up in the time that I'd been working in that first organization. And I thought, actually, this is something that comes quite naturally to me in terms of my orientation and, and having empathy with the customer. And also something I find super, super interesting in terms of, you know, on, on a day-to-day basis. So I wanted to make it my, my full-time focus. And fortunately, you know, Forrester was looking for a customer experience advisor at the time. And uh, they, they chose me to, to be that person. And, and from there, you can kind of say the rest is history. And that's what you know, I've just been working with with clients um, on, on a regular basis for the past five years on making their organizations more customer-centric. And it's across all industries or actually many geographies as well across uh, the US, uh, Asia Pacific, uh, and primarily in, in the EMEA region as well. So it's been, been a very varied experience. Of- mm-hmm. So from marketing, customer service to customer experience. Yeah, it probably does make the most sense. Yeah, it's quite quite a natural path. Yeah, it's, it's not one that you know, has had too many twists and turns. But yes, yeah, I'm glad to have been able to establish that uh, mm-hmm. fairly early on. 
Yeah. So looking on your LinkedIn profile, you say that you work with companies across industries with varying degrees of CX maturity. Mm -hmm. So how would you actually define CX maturity? And maybe on the top of that, how do you measure the different stages of a company CX maturity? Yeah. So with regards to yeah, CX management maturity is, you know, Typically, what happens is organizations will set up a small customer experience function with maybe one or two people. So you'd have a head and maybe somebody who kind of reports into them, like an analyst or, 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 or a manager. And they will just kind of go about their, their initiatives on an ad hoc basis. They will go where the organization essentially leads them. They'll set up a measurement program. They will um, you know, look at the customer journeys, you know, and that will be the the kind of the beginning of, of the, um, the the program itself. And then it starts to become more mature if, if it's successful and to really make a difference in the organization. You used to you have to start to to be more focused and more deliberate about how you actually go about delivering your customer experience uh, initiatives. And that's basically where where the maturity comes in. Is that if you are looking at all different competencies. Um, related to this, so it could be your, how you research customers, it could be how you design experiences, it could be how you're developing a culture of uh, customer centricity. This all becomes you know, a way of measuring your maturity over time. It's like how you know, how accountable are different people in your in your organization? How rigorously do you approach um, specific initiatives? And and how do you manage those going forward? So it's it's about just really thinking about how you know from a from a a future thinking perspective what are you actually going to do to really embed these initiatives in the organization and the more mature you are typically the more customer centric an organization should be it's not always hand in hand but that is typically the way it goes so yeah it's uh it's interesting and and the, you know, having worked with many different types of organizations at the beginning as well as who are some some who've been very very advanced in in, in customer experience maturity there's always lots to learn from from each side and, and, and the way everybody's starting out. So yeah, a fascinating uh, time for, for different uh, businesses at this point, for sure. Mm -hmm. Interesting that you said that at the at the initial stages of CX maturity, usually the company sets up a, like a specific function dedicated to CX. So I wanted to ask you, what do you think about the approach of creating CX dedicated team or department within the company separate from everything else directly reporting to the C-level management in order to climb up the ladder of CX maturity. Are you one of those who see this as a non-negotiable must or do you think that that's not that necessary in order to uh, become CX mature? Yeah, I think that yeah, it's a difficult one to answer because overall or in an ideal world, that would not really be the way to do it because you would, if you were yeah, the CEO, if you were the chief marketing officer, you would basically have, or you know, anyone in, in, the, in the senior management, you would basically task everyone with being customer-centric. Customer-centricity would be built into your your culture from the beginning. You would have a strategy that is based on customer-centricity, or you would at least you know, have a very good awareness of, of how you engage with customers and how you're actually serving them most effectively. So you would, you know, if you were the one in charge of the, the whole business, that's the way you would typically do it. But the problem is that, you know, organizations are not always set up that way they need to be there are silos there are many different ways of working and, and obviously over time as businesses develop you know, there are things that they will continue to patch on to, to the way they operate and therefore CX kind of becomes a bit of a patch on as well so you do have to have a separate organization they have to be the ones who are kind of dedicated to being 
the ones who understand the customers best. They, they understand the principles of customer experience really well, and they will try to, from their corner of the organization, get the other and the rest of the organization to, uh, to actually work with them uh, and, uh, and drive uh, customer centricity overall in the organization. So it's, it's hard, and that's why it, it, you, it, customer experience teams need a lot of help, and they do need to gain buy-in from uh, senior-level executives to do that, but it's still something that works. If you see it something like um, yeah, Amazon, for example, I know it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a difficult co- conversation to have sometimes about Amazon, but you know, overall, you know, the, when they you know, were set up, it was all about serving the customer relentlessly. They do have uh, customer experience teams and they do look at, into the customer experience overall as, as a discipline as well. But from the get-go, they were the ones who really set the, the whole customer centricity uh, in motion and that's their, their way of being. Some of them are actually very well suited. Some organizations are very well suited to um, delivering uh, a customer-centric uh, experience. Some of them are not. So yeah, it's interesting to see how that works. As much as much as a customer experience became kind of, a, I would say, a buzzword in the last several years. Because sometimes I'd say that maybe it's maybe overly used in the wrong in the wrong context. Sometimes it's perceived as the as a kind of marketing strategy, and and it should be part of your branding. And I agree, but people mm. sometimes miss out on the fact that it it should be an overall business strategy. Yeah, probably going through all the departments within a business. And that being said, employee experience is not so often perceived as the integral part of CX. And mm-hmm. that's probably would be my next question. What role specifically do you think that CEX plays um, in in becoming CX mature, I would say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. so uh, it's an interesting one. I think the reason why, um, Valentina, you don't see so much uh, of a focus on EX yet is because well, it's twofold. One is that the employee experience element is something that is still fairly nascent. It's still fairly new. It's not. It's not brand new, and it's not kind of a revolution in itself. As people have been looking at the you know, digital experiences, the um, the employee journey, and, and the way you know, employees uh, are, are driven to being more engaging with their organizations you know, for a very long time. But you know, the discipline of employee experience, in order to serve customer experience, and the way we we talk about it today, is still fairly new. Uh, and so that's that's one of the reasons why. People aren't so much aware of it, and the the point is as well that there isn't really a strong owner for employee experience yet in um, in an organization. It, it can be many different types of uh, parts of, of the organization in which it sits. So it can be sometimes led by HR traditionally, um, and even kind of with them re- branching out into in the employee experience realm. It can also be a, a dedicated employee experience function that sits on top of um, the HR or, or alongside an HR function. And, and even sometimes it can be the customer experience team that, that leads this as well. So it's just that finding a home for employee experience is, is, is quite hard and, and not knowing exactly where to make it work. And then also it, it some people see it as conflicting with um, the traditional HR strategy as well, whereas actually it's complementary. And, and the thing that employee experience is typically about is looking at driving better engagement from from employees, from uh, understanding them better, from uh, understanding their customer, their employee journey, as well as actually just understanding their their path within um, an organisation in terms of you know, how they progress from a career point of view and, and actually are, are are invested in doing the best work they possibly can. 
whereas HR, typically, apart from obviously managing the, the journey to a certain extent, is really about policies, is about making sure that you know, there are benefits in place for, for employees, it's about the remuneration. That, that's a very different set of uh, areas to focus on. And that's why I think it's just not something that is, is seen fully yet. And those who see, yeah, who are typically skeptical about customer experience are normally skeptical about uh, employee experience at the same time. So whenever they see uh, an initial ahead of the experience, they're like, yeah, this is probably not something we need to be kind of investing in for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you say that employee experience directly correlates with customer experience? I would say overall, yes, it's something that the the whole point, especially for employee experience existing, is that it's there to serve a better customer experience. So the the premise is that if you're a happy employee, like like, the famous quote from Richard Branson um, regarding regarding Virgin Atlantic in particular, is that if you're a happy employee, or you look after the employees first, the customers are second, and happy employees will deliver better experiences. I think overall, that, that does seem to ring true. The you know, the interesting thing is as well that you know typically employees don't want to go about having poor experiences with customers. They don't want customers to feel dissatisfied. They don't want customers to shout at them over the phone or in in person. So you know they are actually orientated towards delivering better customer experience because that makes their lives easy. <laughs> um, but the interesting part is that you know, if you are to make it easier to, for an employee to do a better experience. You have to think about the processes. You have to think about their own challenges they go through, and and the rules that you set as an organization in terms of flexibility, in terms of trust, in terms of the design of a role, and how that really comes together. So if you aren't doing that, um, and you aren't thinking in depth about how an employee shows up to work, how they actually go through a, a typical day, what systems, what what um, processes, procedures, as I said are enabling them and which ones are are actually inhibiting them from delivering a good experience then that becomes far more difficult uh, and if especially if employees find that other um, employers are actually de- delivering better experiences compared to you know something like pay and, and uh, remuneration overall they may be more likely to choose an employer employer that actually is in making their life easier over time in comparison to, to one that's actually making it more difficult if you're comparing largely the same type of organization. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, looking at it from a slightly different perspective, I'm going to ask a strange question, but when mm-hmm. you, when a company is aiming to become a fully customer-centric, CX mature, and they want to build um, CX strategy, what comes first, customer or employee? Yeah, it's a, it's a very good question. It's a chicken or egg uh, scenario, yeah. and uh, it's also like a, um, like like what I said in terms of just the example quote from Richard Branson in terms of um, uh, the Virgin approach. I think that yeah, if you were to start off from you know, from from scratch, if you're looking at how employees you know, need need to be looked after, how they need to be understood by an organization, and they and they need to feel like you know to show up and to to do their best there is a reason to do that there's a meaningful purpose you you are actually engaging with them in a way that that, that means that you know, in the future they'll be better off by spending four or five years with you compared to others i think that the employee experience is is absolutely critical and if you get that wrong as well then then that impacts hugely on your, your employee experience on your customer experience sorry and that makes it far more difficult for you to, to be successful as an organization if your employees are, are dissatisfied and are, are unclear about what their expectations are um, are always heading in the wrong directions and, and don't know, you know what they're doing. Obviously, that's not always going to be the case, but you know, 
if you don't invest in that and you don't set them up well, then of course they will deliver the wrong outcomes. So that's what I would say at the same time, <laughs> if you're not investing in understanding customer experience and you're not you know, looking at you know, holding a mirror up to the organization and saying, this is what, what kind of pain we're inflicting on on customers. Look how difficult this process is or look how difficult it is for, for customers to do business, business with us. If we made it easier, they would actually spend more with us. Um, then that's, you know, that's also something that is a really critical error. So they do go hand in hand. I think that you do have to think about the employee before. And I think that actually, if you were to sum it up, you know, historically, there probably has been a bit more effort on the employee side than there has been from a customer side. So you know, the whole notion of customer experience overall, looking at customer service, looking at CRM, now how it's become customer experience is far more nascent than, than actually looking at training, looking at yeah, you know, looking at the tools and the, and the technologies that are available, you know, those have been around for a lot longer from an employee point of view than what we see from a customer employee, a customer point of view. So that's something that um, we should definitely look into in more detail. Considering the current pandemic situation and looking into the future once the pandemic ends, do you see any trends that will remain relevant after the pandemic ends? I think uh, particularly, for, again, if we, as we're talking about the employee side of things, um, there, is, there is really uh, an interesting number of implications here because uh, if we're looking at collaboration uh, from a remote point of view, from you know, looking at virtual tools, you know, I was fortunate, I was in a role where actually much of my team was actually based in, in a different country from me entirely or on a different continent. So I had to be better at collaborating from a virtual point of view most of the time. But you know, some, for some people, for many people, collaborating virtually really began on March 2020. Um, and that's something that they had to do and, and learn from scratch and, and actually become very, very effective at it very quickly. Um, and I think that that ability for, for people to learn, for, for people to adapt, and to actually be effective without being in, present in person, I think that is something that, that hopefully will, will stick. I think that you know, this is something that employees are pr- proven to organizations that you actually give them that ability, you, you make the, the flexibility, you make the trust happen. That is something that, that can actually reward you quite strongly in the future. Yeah, what will be difficult, I think, from here, having said that, is actually managing a, a hybrid situation where you have some people in an office, some people... Uh, working from home, that was obviously to, true to a, to a certain extent. Previously, you did have home workers, um, and we we essentially just joined those home home workers mostly in 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 2020. But I think now it's going to be the, the balance of, of the number of people who are going to be remote versus those who will be in person, and also the, the seniority, the influence, the um, essentially the power that those people have who are going to be sitting at home versus those who are in an office will be really interesting to see the dynamic change. So I think that whilst we have been very much more productive remotely um, and have had to do that under uh, essentially very difficult circumstances, when things become a bit more free and we have a bit more choice about them and they become a little bit less uniform, maybe there's there's going to be an interesting shift in terms of how that will change in the future. But still, I think that the regardless the evidence is there that you you can even in difficult situations you put employees in positions where they have to be trusted they would definitely reward you quite strongly i think overall Uh, enable them with the right tools they can definitely do it yeah yeah you're right 
Well, we need to, um, well, we're getting closer to, to the end of the episode. So I guess my last question to you would be, what kind of advice would you give to future aspiring CX leaders? Yeah, I think um, it would be yeah, two things, really. I think one is is always try and generate as much empathy with the customers as you possibly can in an organization. I think that's what will actually and it's really hard to do. That's what I've said, but it's, it's quite hard to do. I think that um, that's what really gets the the kind of uh, the, the real buy-in. That's what gets the the, the, the switch turned on from a, from an organization point point of view. That would be the number one thing. And secondly, as much as possible, and this is probably more for organizations rather than CX leaders themselves. I think there's a huge kind of metric obsession in terms of saying what does that MPS tell us, and and it, that is basically the be all and end all of yeah, how how good our customer experience actually is. And whilst that's very important and you should have a metric that you are uh, aiming towards, what you shouldn't be doing is, is I think, just being distracted by um, that that specific metric. It should, you, know, you can't look at it in isolation. It is a number. It is something that you know, is not always the sum of all the experiences and all the other initiatives that you're putting in place. So definitely work way, way harder towards those as well. Yeah, that's, that's basically it. And I think that at the same time, it's a good. It's certainly a good opportunity and a good time to be a CX leader because you know, there are so many organizations waking up to this, and and will you know, in the future most likely be more and more customer centric going forward. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Simon. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's at all. I hope you enjoyed the episode and our talk on employee experience and the importance of EX when building CX strategies. If you like the episode, please don't forget to like, share, comment or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite channel and I will see you next Monday.